Right. We are live. Should have been a little bit more early before I hit that start button. But hey, we just we stay ready. We stay ready. Anyway, all right. We are on Leviticus 19. I actually call this the the Holy Rollers Club. <laughs> I just popped in my head because this this whole section is talking about laws of holiness. Um, Leviticus 18, we talked about prohibited pagan practices, um, but this is going to be talking about laws of holiness. And anytime I hear the word holy, I was just thinking of this woman I used to work with at this printer company. I used to work at this printer repair company. I was in the printer industry for like, what, three years, maybe more than that. Anyway, um, when you include the time I worked for myself, but I worked at this, this one company and there was this lady there. And she was dating this guy, this Christian guy, and he had a painting business called Holy Rollers. Like, you know, get it? Paint Rollers. Holy. He was a Christian. Holy Rollers. Clever name. So I was like, let me call this section Holy Rollers Club. It's funny because whenever we would talk about this guy that she was dating, um, she was a very nice, sweet Christian lady. I was married at the time. Um, so, but... I, yeah, our relationship was very professional. Um, it was interesting. That was an interesting time in my life because I was working in an office with one, two, three, one, two, three, four, four women, four white women. Um, and the boss, and then it was like one white guy. I don't know what he was. I don't think he was straight up white. And then the boss was a white guy. I was the only black dude there. And yeah, so it was like, what's that? Six other people? Seven? Six other? Six people? And uh, anyway, when I would talk to my friend, this lady, she was a very nice lady. Yeah, she was dating this guy who, uh, holy roller. Anyway, y'all probably don't care about that. But hey, I always got the random, interesting story. They're interesting to me, so... Someday, someday my kids will listen to this and be like, oh, remember daddy told the story about the Holy Roller? Anyway, I never met the Holy Roller. But all right, so uh, let's go to let's go to we're going to read Isaiah 44 verses one through eight real quick and just pray, pray that out loud. Some parts of it. It says, and this is called spirit. The heading of this is spiritual blessings. Isaiah 44, 1 through 8. And now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is the word of the Lord, your maker, the one who formed you from the womb. He will help you. Do not fear, Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will sprout among the grass like poplars by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will use the name of Jacob. Still another will write on his hand, the Lord's, and take on the name of Israel. And it says, this is what the Lord, the King of Israel, and, it, and its Redeemer, the Lord of armies says, I am the first and I am the last. There is no God but me. Who like me can announce the future? Let him say so and make a case before me, since I have established an ancient ancient people, 
Let these gods declare the coming things and what will take place. Do not be startled or afraid. Have I not told you and declared it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God but me? There is no rock, no other rock. I do not know any. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you right now are pouring your water on the thirsty land of this country, Lord, of, of this world. People are thirsty. People are hungry. That's why we're going searching in so many areas in all the wrong places, Lord, because we're thirsty, we're hungry. And um, I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit on this generation, God, that you would pour out your spirit on on this um, here, starting right here in our city and spread to our country. And um, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there is no other rock, Lord, that you are the rock that we can build a firm foundation on, that we can build our lives on, God. You are also the rock, Lord, that we stumble over no matter what. Every time we try to go out and do live life on our own, God, that um, whenever somebody hits rock bottom, God, that you're right there. You are the rock, God, that they can um, rebuild their lives on, God. And we just thank you, Lord, for this word, Leviticus 19. I pray that it would change our hearts, transform our minds, and continue to uh, grow us in you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, so laws of holiness, laws of holiness. Leviticus 19, the Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the entire Israelite or the Holy Holy Rollers Club, as I like to call this. Who would like to be a part of the Holy Rollers Club? Seems like everybody's making t-shirts these days. I should get a t-shirt called the Holy Rollers, even though I can't skate. Anyway, and don't have a painting company. Got to figure out a way to make that work. I do have a car. Anyway. Isn't there like a group of people who make a lot of money and they call the high rollers? And then what people used to call like old fuddy duddies who made a lot of money, like high rollers. I just think when I think of a high roller, I think of somebody who drives like a uh, Rolls Royce. All right, anyway, I, I'm getting distracted. All right, Leviticus 19. The Lord spoke to Moses. Speak to the entire Israelite community and tell them, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you is to respect his mother and father. You are to keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make cast images of gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. When you offer a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord, sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It is to be eaten on the day you sacrifice it or on the day on the next day. But what remains on the third day must be burned. If any is eaten on the third day, it is repulsed. It is a repulsive thing. It will not be accepted. Hmm. Anyone who eat, who eats it will bear it. Bear. I'm struggling to read today. Will bear his iniquity, for he has profaned what is holy to the Lord. That person is to be cut off from his people. Verse 9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap to the very edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not strip your vineyard bare or gather its fallen grapes. Leave them for the poor and the resident alien. I am the Lord your God. Uh, there's this guy in, um, I know who has this 
aquaponics garden in the inner like a really rough part of the city and um in the rough like a rougher part of kansas city and uh on the outside of his garden there's like a, there's a fence but then on the outside of the fence they actually have a garden for anybody in the neighborhood to come along and just eat um grab vegetables and fruits whatever they have growing on the outside it's pretty cool um but here's perfect example how we're always supposed to leave behind extra set aside extra for the poor my church also does something called harvest harvesters uh, like once a month i think on saturdays i think it's once a month um on a saturday though harvesters comes brings pallets of like food that's near the expiration date or past the expiration date but it's still good to eat and um yeah give it out to the community it's pretty cool all right, verse 11. Do not steal. Do not act deceptively or lie to one another. Do not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. Do not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages due a hired worker must not remain with, your, with you until morning. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. But you are to fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not act unjustly. When deciding a case, do not be partial to the poor or give preference to the rich. Judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not jeopardize your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not harbor hatred against your brother. Rebuke your neighbor directly, and you will not incur guilt because of him. Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Where have we heard that phrase, love your neighbor as yourself? Hmm. Well, we technically haven't read it yet, but we're going to read that later in Matthew. That's one of the two greatest commands. God's going to take all these laws and break it down in two. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. That's Leviticus 19.18. That's a good memory verse. I'm going to read that again. Do not take revenge or bear a grudge against members of your community, but love your neighbor as yourself. All right. That's a hard one. Not bearing grudges. It's so easy to bear grudges. What was I just reading? I was reading some devotional that was talking about how we carry these... Um, I don't know what he was saying. Ah, I can't remember how he said it, but we just sometimes we can carry all this like negative, you know, the world calls it like vibes or like whatever, you know, all the different bad energy or whatever. It's like a new age term. But the main thing is like we carry a lot of times we can like if you're in the presence of people and they treat you a certain way, they don't even have to treat you a certain way. You can just feel then i don't know a better word but that negative energy the negative vibes or whatever on that person and it can cause you to like or or in the instance recently where i was buying this car from this dealership and just the way i felt like i was treated unfairly um and given the runaround and i was so tempted to just walk out of there um but i was like nope i'm gonna stand my ground and i'm going to um fight fairly without losing going crazy or getting ignorant with these folks and help hopefully this will help somebody down the line who looks like me when they walk into this dealership you know so 
um, if I had just walked out, I would have missed out on that opportunity. Um, but after that experience, it's easy to hold a grudge against those folks to, um, in some type of way, get revenge. Like I, I've been like all these thoughts go through my head. I was thinking about writing a really bad review um, about them, you know, and going to all these different media outlets and saying what my telling my experience. And in my spirit, I was like, no, nope, I'm gonna at least focus on the positive things that they did. And I am I'm most likely gonna go leave a review. I'm still praying about what I'm gonna say in the review. Um, I'm gonna make it, I'm, yeah, I'm still praying about that, what I'm gonna say in the review, but you know how it is, like, you all, like, yeah, when people treat you a certain way, um, like even this part it says before, rebuke your neighbor, verse 17, do not harbor hatred against your brother like harbor is just a hold like think of a harbor pearl harbor a harbor is a holding place basically don't hold hatred against your brother in your heart um rebuke your neighbor directly like go like if you have a problem with them you go directly to them don't go you know gossiping to somebody else about you know what sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so did you know go directly to them and you will not incur guilt because of him. This is a lot of good there. This is a lot of good there. Like that's something. Once again, you could read this and get real religious about it, and like start feeling a lot of guilt and shame and a lot of um, like condemnation, which is not from God. But when you read this, especially when you read the Proverbs and talks about the way of the fool versus the way of the wise man, it really just—it's like soap. It washes you. Like this is to cleanse you, so you can have a clear conscience. That's the main reason why. Um, you read the word, it cleanses you and start fresh. And you might struggle in that same area your whole life. And eventually, one day something just clicks and you're like, you know what? I'm tired of holding these grudges. I'm tired of constantly being angry. I'm tired of being mad at the world. I'm tired of being angry at white folks. Um, that's something else um, I struggle with. I have a lot of anger toward especially white people. I'm just going to be real. Um, I'll talk about that on another podcast episode, but um, as a result of so many things that I've seen, the way I've been treated and the way other black folks have been treated and some of the posts that my friends make about ways they, the injustices they see in the world based on their skin tone, it's easy to get angry. Everybody seems to be angry these days. And so... At some point, you got to be like, I gotta let this go. Anyway, I, I, I didn't mean to digress on that point, but oh well. All right, verse 19 says, You are to keep my statues. Do not crossbreed two different kinds of your livestock. Sow your fields with two kinds of seed or put on a garment made of two kinds of material. So God didn't like crisscross cross colors uh, from back in the 90s. If a man has sexual intercourse with a woman who is a slave designated for another man, but she has not been redeemed or given her freedom, there must be punishment. Hmm. They are not to be put to death because she has not been freed. However, he must bring a ram as his guilt offering to the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. I wonder how many of the slave masters back in the day followed this particular scripture. Uh, the priest will make atonement on his behalf before the Lord with the ram of the guilt offering for the sin he has committed, and he will be forgiven for the sin he committed. 
Verse 23, when you come into the land and plant any kind of tree for food, you are to consider the fruit forbidden. It will be forbidden to you for three years. It is not to be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit is to be consecrated as a praise offering to the Lord. Hmm, why three years? But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. Maybe Tony will answer that. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit in this way. So in the fourth year, three years, you can't eat the fruit when you plant. Yeah, in the fourth year, you are supposed to basically give all the fruit as a praise offering to the Lord. I don't know what that looks like. And then in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. In this way, its yield will increase for you. Like, do they burn the fruit in the fourth year? Do they give it to the priests? Like, how, how did that work? I'm curious. Yeah, but in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. In this way, its yield will increase for you. I am the Lord your God. You are not to eat anything with blood in it. You are not to practice divination or witchcraft. You are not to cut off the hair at the sides of your head or mar the edge of your beard. You are not to make gnashes on your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. So that's the scripture where people say you're not supposed to tattoo yourself against tattoos. Once again, I know a lot of Christians who have lots of tattoos. And that doesn't mean they're going to hell. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love them because they go tattoo their body. Even though there are scriptures that talk about how our bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Um... For those of you, I don't have any tattoos. I've heard they're very addictive, according to my brother. He has a lot of them. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, I just say, for those of you who do get them, just be mindful that people will make judgments according to that. those, those tattoos. Doesn't mean um, you're not a Christian or whatever. Um, It's good to get ones that at least honor the Lord if you're going to get them. But if you have some from before you got saved or just during a wild time in your life, whatever, doesn't mean you're going to hell just because you got bad tattoos or tattoos that the Christians, other Christians would consider hort like bad. And so, um, yeah, that's a whole debate. Remember, we're under grace, not under the law. Jesus, when he died on the cross... He once and for all um, fulfilled all the law, the covenant. He was the only one to to live sin, a sinless life. Even all the people who all those years, all the Jews that followed the law to a T and crossed every T, dotted every I, even they still had to atone for their sins and make sacrifices. And, and Jesus was the only one that lived a sinless, perfect life and fulfilled the law. And so, yeah. I'm just going to keep beating that dead horse as I read through the entire Bible. Like, we're no longer under law, we're under grace. So, and it's in light of that grace that inspires us to um, live a holy and pure life before the Lord. Now, what that looks like, what holiness looks like, what purity looks like, that's between you and the Holy Spirit. I am like... Because if I gave you a bunch of rules and said, people can't even say, it's, it's okay. You know, like, you can Google, like, so many things. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. It's okay to masturbate. It's okay to watch certain shows. It's okay to uh, play this, play video games. You name it. 
and I could probably find a bunch of Bible scriptures that talk about, you know, not having idols, not having this, not having that. But it's between you and the Holy Spirit. He's the one who does the work, who brings you into, um, like I get said again, there's sanctification, there's salvation, then there's sanctification, the process of sanctification, and then glorification when you die. The process of the process of sanctification is from the time you ask Jesus into your heart to the time you leave your physical body, go six feet under into the ground, and you're absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's when you're glorified. You no longer fight with sin. So, anyway, I just feel like I have to like go into this stuff because people get heated about some of this stuff. It's like, no, we live under grace, no longer under the law. Anytime you try to live under the law, the law is a curse and you're basically blaspheming the Holy Spirit and blaspheming everything that Jesus did on the cross. Like it might as well have never happened. All right. Verse 29. Do not debase your daughter by making her a prostitute or the land will be prostituted and filled with depravity. Keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Do not turn to mediums or consult spiritists or you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. That's something I had to repent of like a few years ago. I did consult a young lady who did like tarot cards. And I don't know what I was thinking because I never grew up in a home where my parents did that. It wasn't something I ever saw my mom do or my dad do or go to um, psychics or any of that stuff. At the most, I remember I was a kid. I used to see those Miss Cleo commercials. I don't know what was going on, but yeah, consulting psychics, mediums. I still need to do some more research on the whole like astrology and signs. I won't get into that. But anyway, if you're involved in any type of witchcraft, consulting mediums, um, Saul actually consulted a medium. Um, that's a whole nother. We'll get to that eventually. Um, but yeah, if you're into any of that stuff, get out of it now. It's demonic and you don't know what you're opening yourself up to by being into that. That's all I can say. Um, you are verse 32. You are to rise in the presence of the elderly and honor the old fear your God. I am the Lord. When an alien resides with you in your land, you must not oppress him. You will regard the alien who resides with you as the native among native born among you. You are not you are to love him as yourself. Once again, there's that love your neighbor as yourself. For you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. It's like, hey, y'all know what it was like to be aliens in Egypt and how they treated you. So now you're free. You got these aliens among you. You should treat them. Um to treat them the way you want to be treated that's the old school treat others the way you want to be treated which is one of the hardest things because if you think about it how we actually treat ourselves we actually love like humans especially north americans we love us and me well even those of us that say we don't we really do <laughs> um so think about like yeah i'll talk about that another time all right, you, verse 32, you are to rise in the presence of the elderly and honor the old. Fear your God, I am the Lord. Honor the old. 
When an alien resides with you in your land, you must not oppress him. You are you will regard the alien who resides with you as the native born among you. You are to love him as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I just read that. My bad, y'all. Verse thirty-five. Do not be unfair in measurements of weight, of length, weight, or volume. You are to have honest balances. Man, honest weights, an honest dry measure, and an honest liquid measure. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them. I am the Lord. As I'm reading this, um, it's like some of the stuff in here stands out to me like, yeah, that's stuff that we should be doing today. And then other stuff like the tattoo stuff was like, I was thinking like, it's no big deal to get a tattoo or for those that have tattoos. Um, and so that's where, remember I was talking about the homosexuality debate, which I'm not going to go into right now, but that's why a lot of people have struggles is like, okay, why is it okay to have tattoos, but you're saying it's not okay for me to have sex with another woman or as a man, a man with a man or a woman with a woman. And that's something I'm still struggling with. Like, I'm still struggling with that. Once again, it's like my answer to that or what I'm it just off the top of my dome when I think about that is like one it's and that's another struggle I'm having too because with God it's like there's sin or no sin. There's no like in between. Like all sin is sin. Like it's all sin. Now there's levels of punishment and consequences it seems like to different sins like i heard this one pastor talk about like homosexuality is the one sin where you see in the bible where god like destroyed entire cities like sodom and gomorrah was destroyed and there was some wild stuff going like sexual sin in general there was some wild stuff they were trying to sleep um with the angels like they were trying to rape the angels and knock down the door and the old dude had to offer his daughters Read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and, and Lot. That was in Genesis. Um, anyway. Um, I don't know. I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling with this. Like wrestling with these particular. Why that is. And the whole levels. It seems like there's levels of sin. And co consequences for sin. When you read the Bible. Like God seems to detest certain sins more than he does others. But at the end of the day, it's all. Let me see here. At the end of the day, it's all sin. Let's see here. Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19. All right, here we go. It says many have the mis many have the mistaken notion that keeping these are the Tony Evans notes. It says many have the mistaken notion that keeping religious laws or performing rituals is all it takes to please God. But Leviticus 19 makes it clear that holy living in every aspect of life is what our holy God requires. It's what provides access to His blessings. So yeah, holy living 
in every area of life um, is a requirement from God and it was it's an open door to blessings check out that uh, Priscilla Shire video I post I think I'll keep I'm gonna keep putting that link on at the top of the uh, every episode it's really good because she talks about um, holiness being the door to the floodgates of, of God's blessings and favor in your life. In scripture, extending charity included providing an opportunity to work. God's people were told to leave a portion in their fields so that the poor could gather it for themselves. People thus could turn poverty into productivity in response to the charitable opportunities provided. This is much more helpful to someone who has fallen on hard times than simply lining up for a check from the government. If a person can work, then biblically he is expected to work. See here. Gleaning provided the opportunity for the poor to help themselves. This gave opportunity to maximize personal God-given potential and live with dignity. In the book of Ruth, Naomi and her daughter-in-law benefited from this system. Yeah, later on we're going to read about uh, Ruth and how she catches her Boaz while she's out gleaning in the fields. The leftovers, the leftover um, wheat, whatever they call it, the the chaff. Yeah. All right. Verse. Let's see. It also says, yeah, in all things, Israel was to follow this principle. Love your neighbor as yourself. As both Jesus and Paul pointed out, scripture is summed up in the commands to love God and neighbor. Then it says prohibitions against occult practices and consulting mediums were intended to establish and set apart the Israelites as God's holy people. Saul, that's why I was talking about Saul earlier, Israel's first king was stray so far from following God that he would turn to the world of the occult for guidance. The exhortation to honor the old is still needed today. In a culture that worships youthfulness, we need to be reminded that gray hair is a glorious crown. And that's from Proverbs 16:31. Godly older men and women have experience, maturity, and wisdom that young people can't ignore, but only to their own peril. Make time for the aged. Speaking of that, I need to call my grandma. I haven't talked to her in a minute. The last part, it says, Many foreigners attached themselves to Israel as the nation moved through the wilderness and settled in Canaan, and they were to be treated well. The Israelites were to consider them as their own brothers and sisters and treat them accordingly. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, that you are constantly watching over us, keeping us, um, help us to love our neighbors as ourselves and to um, continue to just grow as we read this word, to not hold grudges, to not, um, yeah, veer off the path, Lord. So I just pray for those that don't know you, that they would just call out to you, cry out to you, and um, ask your son Jesus into their hearts so they can have a close, intimate relationship with you, God, forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, I'll be back for one more. I'm just going to do two today. Yeah. This next one should be fairly short. Leviticus 20. There's only 27 verses. So, all right, be right back.
Yes, we don't want no devils in our house. Yes, we Lord. want the Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes. 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 Yes.